I'm Dijan. Welcome to Tantra Log. Uh, this is a podcast for the spiritually curious. So if you like to reflect on Tantra, yoga, inner work, meditation, wellness and self-development, you may find lots of information, personal stories of practitioners and micro practices for you to experience, to look inward and do something good for yourself. Thank you for joining in. Let's talk a little bit about diets. Uh, this is such a sexy topic. <laughs> Whenever I was uh, teaching live classes on diet, I got the most questions. Not only because everybody is so body conscious and they want to look healthy, slim, they want to stay young and energetic and so on. And obviously these are all valid reasons. If you want to treat the body as a temple, we may as well watch our diet. It's perfectly fine. But also it's something that we can relate to very easily. You know, like some abstract concepts that we're aspiring towards, we may not connect to it uh, so easily in our daily life. But when we're talking about food, yeah, it's in our fridge, it's, it's easy, we can do something about it. It feels very practical. If you want to fix something with diet, it's very practical and tangible. So I understand that fascination. We already talked about uh, the sattvic, uh, rajasic, tamasic items of food and how sattvic food uh, supports uh, the practice. And that's basically what you would find in ancient texts. You won't find detailed recipes of uh, meals. Um, you won't find this is a yogic diet, this is not a yogic diet. Uh, you will just uh, hear about the different qualities of food. When you come to Ayurveda, however, that's around treating different dimensions of the vessel, of the body. What I want to uh, highlight is if you choose a certain diet, it may not work with other diets. So you cannot do macrobiotic or an Ayurvedic at the same time, or you, can, you may not be able to do Ayur, uh, macrobiotic and alkaline uh, acid diet uh, at the same time. So you may need to uh, stick to that. Alkaline, uh, alkalinizing food using uh, biocarbonate or uh, having a drink with a, having a lukewarm water with a bit of lemon in the morning to have a more alkaline system in the body because most of the diseases develop themselves in an acidic environment is a very common practice among yogis as well. So uh, that's a diet that you can simply uh, adopt uh, for that. Again, you have lots of online sources. You can get a list of uh, what is alkaline food and what is acidic food. And uh, here, acidic doesn't mean that it's acidic as a food item. It can be acidic, but when you put acidic inside, then to balance the stomach may develop more bile, more of an alkaline environment. And basically the diet is on that uh, principle. What food items, uh, what kind of diet helps you to create an alkaline environment? The next one that I want to bring up, again, since I have personal experience with it, not because it's the best one, but it's a very valid one, is the macrobiotic diet. It's, uh, I don't remember anymore. I haven't been teaching this for a long time, but uh, 
Oshava was uh, the person who made it very popular, but actually he learned it from another Japanese master that I don't name, uh, remember the name of. He basically treated his own health conditions. He was suffering from tuberculosis uh, and other chronic conditions. He cured himself uh, using some basic principles uh, that he learned from these Japanese uh, doctor, uh, which was basically consuming whole grain uh, rice, uh, miso, some uh, high quality fermentation uh, of soy products, uh, and uh, I think just some uh, legumes were uh, in his uh, diet. A very pure diet like that uh, was helpful for him to cure chronic conditions. And afterwards he started experimenting um, and uh, after years, decades of experimentation, he documented several cases where he treated cancer patients, tuberculosis patients, like many, many chronic conditions uh, using uh, the principles of macrobiotic diet. The basic principle of macrobiotic is uh, there is a yin quality and yang quality in food items just like we have in our body our yin and yang just like in the uh, in the cosmos we have the uh, yin and yang yin of the earth and yang of the cosmic energies there is a yin and yang quality plus and minus in everything that we eat and there are certain food items which are extremely yin and there are certain food items that are extremely yang and basically, when we're traveling in those domains of extreme yin and yang, uh, health problems occur. Most of the health problems, according to their research, are because of extreme yin. And when I tell you the extreme yin things, like all sweets, ice cream, fruits, candies, chocolate, uh, all juicy vegetables, uh, then you would understand why. And these are very, very commonly produced uh, food items. Almost all processed food has uh, corn sugar, palm oil, all kinds of extremely yin ingredients in it. And we are all subject to that. Whereas extremely yang, um, there are confusion there. Some uh, would say uh, meat is also extremely yin, but uh, Kushi and Oshawa would say meat is extremely yang. Uh, and uh, there are very few things that are extremely yang, but uh, the high, the moderately and good uh, yang are like seeds, like sesame and sunflower seeds, uh, the bitter tasting uh, vegetables, which are also very popular in Ayurveda, like rucola. Uh, so very few food items are actually from a, uh, a yang character. If you don't have a chronic or acute condition and if you just want to have a healthy diet, what you can observe is a pyramid uh, that uh, you can find easily online, the macrobiotic pyramid, search like that, and you will see the different proportions of food items that you should be consuming. Macrobiotics is very rich in taste actually. When I went to a macrobiotic restaurant I was mesmerized by the color and by the beauty of the plates that are made. They put a special emphasis on really creating beauty in the plate. Uh, there are a whole set of recommendations around uh, the, the environment where you eat. I even found extreme cases like a guy uh, closing his eyes and just chewing 50 times his bite as it's recommended and 
really meditating with his food. For me, it's a bit extreme, you know, when I'm going to a restaurant, I want to be open and so on. But if you want to be Britannic there, that's how it's recommended, actually. Be totally present with your food, chew 50 times each uh, uh, item before you swallow. Even if you're taking liquid food, allow it to be in the mouth for a little bit so that uh, the digestive system can prepare itself. There is also the frequency of consumption, like vegetables, condiments and the grain should be in your daily consumption. But when it comes to fruit, consume it a couple of times uh, a week. When it comes to dairy uh, and uh, poultry and seafood, uh, consume it a couple of times a month. Uh, when it comes to meat at the peak of the py uh, pyramid, better don't consume. And if you must, again, a few times a month. So there's a frequency of different uh, food items and how they should be consumed. That's basically how you can uh, adopt a macrobiotic diet if you don't have any chronic and uh, acute conditions. If there are conditions... Uh, then uh, macrobiotic approach also uh, categorizes them according to yin conditions and yang conditions. And uh, everything that is overgrowing, overcreative, is a yin condition like cysts. Uh, everything that is dry, that is condensed, uh, uh, is a yang condition, like a dry, dull headache. Um, and depending on the condition, your diet is being suggested. When you use a diet like that for a long time, uh, then your body may develop new intolerances. And it's uh, my body started to uh, create excess mucus actually when I was doing Oshava number seven or when I was following a macrobiotic diet after three years of following those principles. So I changed to more Ayurvedic principles. Uh, and the last thing that I want to mention in the topic of the diet is fasting. Uh, fasting is an amazing rest for all systems of the body. It's uh, Different doshas may have different reactions, like kapha would have an easier time fasting, pitta more moderate, vata, it's not recommended for vata people to fast because it makes them even more light and more uh, regular, uh, irregular and dry and agitated. So depending on the dosha, you need to uh, regulate it. And also the temperament would be uh, towards uh, aggravating that dosha. Usually Vata people are very fascinated by fasting and diet and yes, uh, having feeling even more lighter. Whereas uh, Pitta would get agitated, angry, irritable, hangry. Uh, and Kappa would be like, oh, I better don't. Although... It's the, it should be the other way around. Fasting for spiritual purposes uh, is what I'm highlighting here since we're talking about the yogic lifestyle. So the, the effects on the practice uh, is very significant. The lightness of that energy when you're fasting, the purity of the energy when you're fasting can really help you to reach sublime states in meditation. So that's, 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 that's the main reason where you could consider fasting. Of course, there are other reasons for detoxifying the body to create the temple, uh, especially when you're going into Kundalini practices, you may want to uh, adopt fasting to prepare the vessel. 
Mm, and for physical purposes, like certain organs are like liver, for example, clean this only with minimum three days of black fast. So there are certain fasts that help uh, certain organs of our body. And uh, you need a more guided uh, process. Uh, you need to work with a dietitian, nutritionist who is specialized in fasting. For our emotional body and for our mental body, there are also fasts that are associated with uh, the planets and their influence. Even you can go all the way deep into the karmic load uh, to help with the karma uh, fasting on specific days of the week. We in general recommend uh, one day a week to fast. Uh, why? Uh, and that can be a type that is according to your dosha. I did it for many years. Uh, nowadays I don't do it anymore, but it's something that I fall back to every now and then. Uh, I like getting back to it, so it's not something that I cancelled from my yogic practice. Because once a week helps your uh, body to rest. Digestion takes a lot of energy. Digestion takes a lot of effort. That's why sick animals uh, don't eat anything and they hide, they isolate themselves. Because they want, they naturally know that they need to give the body a rest. When you feel sick, when you're about to get a flu or when you feel weak, eating a lot uh, was the belief to make you stronger. But it's actually the opposite. The less you eat, the more energy your body, your immune system will have to fix the errors. And due to this uh, planetary influence for the emotional body, for the mental body to purify, uh, let me think, like Monday moon, if there are problems with emotionality, too much emotions or too little contact with emotions, uh, too little, not really, but too much emotions, um, moon day, Monday could be a good day to fast. Tuesday, uh, Mars influence. Uh, so if there is too much aggression, violence in the past uh, or in, in your karma uh, or there's a weird Mars influence in your uh, astral chart, then Tuesdays uh, are a good day to fast. Mm, Saturn influence, Saturdays or Sun, uh, too much uh, influence of the Sun, Sundays. Uh, Friday, connection with Venus. Uh, if you want harmony in your relationships, uh, Friday. Thursday is Jupiter. I think it's more for spiritual reasons, but Wednesday I don't remember. Fasting during retreats, uh, very common. Many people do it. However, if you're new to retreating, uh, we are very careful about it because uh, mind can be very, very agitated around food. For a beginner, uh, when there is a lot of challenge already uh, in the mind, adding the tension of a, a diet is not really recommended. Instead, uh, putting an emphasis on a sattvic diet is much better than uh, fasting during a retreat experience. There is a special kind of fast uh, that is uh, recommended during dark retreats, like Kayakalpa. It's an Ayurvedic practice to stay in a completely dark environment uh, doing your practice uh, and uh, some specific diet, goat milk, is recommended during Kayakalpa, uh, which helps this reset 
of the body. Uh, Kayakalpa is used for attaining samarasa, this perfection in the body, the immortality in the body in a way. And uh, it's a particular practice. Uh, we at Samyama have a dark room retreat, but uh, usually uh, we provide regular food unless the person insists on a specific fast because of uh, their uh, past experiences and we can trust that they know what they're doing. Otherwise, uh, a sattvic diet uh, would suffice. But just for you to know, there is this uh, specific Kayakalpa experience that involves darkness and a special fast. So that's more or less what I want to share about uh, diet in a yogic lifestyle. Thank you for listening to my podcast on Tantra Log. Please subscribe if you like this content and feel free to share it with your friends and loved ones. See you at our next talk.